Hello fellow riders, this is your host Rusty James. It is Friday, September 8th, 2017, and this is The Ride. Friday, Friday! I'm loving my Fridays. Something about Friday. Don't know what it is. I like them. This weekend, my son and my wife and I are going to be going on a little trip. Going on a little trip to have Seth's miracle back corrected. I believe that Seth has a back that is going to experience a miracle. For those who don't know, my son has scoliosis and... I don't know, maybe it was just only a couple months ago that we discovered uh, he needed surgery. So we're doing a special uh, type of surgery that will maintain mobility for him. So it's a little bit of a trek to get to the place where it's done. But he's been under prayer. And for those who I've mentioned this to, oh, thank you for your prayers. He's what you call a late bloomer. Meaning he he was short, and I think it was not really related to the scoliosis so much. But he was he didn't hit his growth spurt until very recently, and because of that, we had to act fast because we've known for a while that he had this condition, but we were kind of managing it with physical therapy and chiropractic stuff like that. But when his early growth spurt hit it really started to uh, show up much more severe. And that's when we discovered we needed surgery for him. And then since then, this waiting period, which is pretty short, uh, it's only been a couple months, uh, he's grown so much that it's made this even worse. So we've been praying for his back to be completely miraculously healed and I believe that that can be accomplished whether God chooses to to do it supernaturally or whether he chooses to use doctors to do it whichever way I'm looking forward to a restored spine for Seth and um, I have all the hope in the world right now So every time I think about it, I just do a little prayer. So Lord, I thank you for my son. I thank you for those who are praying for him. I speak to every tissue in his back that you would release the tension that's being caused by this condition called scoliosis. I command that to leave his body in Jesus' name. Because Lord, I know you've given me authority over this body of this son of mine. And in whichever way you choose to do it, Lord, I put my trust in you. I know I can't do it on my own, but you can. So I thank you, Lord, for looking out for Seth. And I look forward to complete restoration. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. So thank you for praying with us. You know, I had a chance to talk with some friends of ours that we've known Well, to be quite honest with you, we really haven't stayed in touch through the years, but I I knew this couple 
from a church we attended back when my daughter was just a toddler and Seth was just born. So 16 years ago, I knew this couple and it seems like, you know, time happens and they moved away and we moved on and just haven't really stayed in touch, but they're friends of my my mom's and they happen to live near where we're going to go for Seth's surgery. So they called us up and, you know, wanted to meet. And I'm really looking forward to that. The point is, we're part of the family of God, this couple in, in our family. And you, I hope. And no distance or no time can separate you from the love of God. Whether it be shown through other believers or however God shows his love to you, no distance, no time can separate you from the love of Christ. You may be on a path that has taken you far from God, whether knowingly or unknowingly, through ignorance or rebellion, but you now realize that you are far from him. Or rather, to be quite clear, you feel really far from him. I believe that he is never far from you, no matter how you feel. No matter how you feel about him, or no matter how you feel about whatever it is you've done to separate yourself from him, God is near to you right now. If you're within the sound of my voice, you need to know God is right here, a breath away. So I wasn't really going to talk about that, but I figured that maybe you needed to hear that. We all really need to hear that because don't we all feel that at times? Separate, isolated, alone. I remember when I was younger and I would be on a date with someone who wasn't going to be my wife, but I didn't know it at the time. I'd be on the date and I would feel so isolated and alone, even though I'm with somebody, you know? I think it was a spiritual understanding that was going on there. Maybe it was God's way of saying, you know what? You wouldn't feel this way if if this was the right one for you, but it wasn't the right one for me. And isn't it weird how we can be in a situation where we're with a million people during the party, whatever it is, and we can feel isolated and alone? How is that? Well, I, I think that has everything to do with the fact that we are not just physical creatures. There's a spiritual part to us. I mean, sure, we also have an emotional side, so you can feel emotionally isolated. But we have a physical self, we have a, an emotional self, and we have a spiritual self. I'm, I'm here to tell you. And just like God doesn't want us to be physically isolated... He wants us to be in families and in, in the family of God and, and with others and congregating with like-minded believers physically. He also wants us to be emotionally connected. I suppose social media kind of helps with that. For those who can't be physically connected, they might have the ability to be emotionally connected with social media. Um, 
but hey, you know, nothing beats the physical too. But the spiritual, that's our relationship with God. How do we get that if we don't even know where to start? Well, you can look to the Word of God, but you might not be motivated to look into the Word of God. You typically, if you don't know about this spiritual side, you might likely hear about it from someone, oh, I don't know, like me. Like somebody else in your circle of influence. You can have the physical connections you need, you can have the emotional connections you need, but without that spiritual connection with God the Father, there will be something missing. I want to know about God. I want to know not just mental about God, like so I could write his Wikipedia page. No, I want to know God in a way that's deeper than just head knowledge. I want to know how he feels. I want to know how he feels about people. You know, I would probably be less prejudicial if I had more of God's heart. And I could see people the way he sees them. Wouldn't that make sense? Because I believe that God doesn't look at skin color or race or anything like that. He doesn't even look at what that person can do for him. He simply looks at the potential he's put inside of them. And oh, if we knew what our potential was. I think it's God's will for us to be like him. And do you know, I was looking in scripture this morning in Psalms and David, I think it's one of David's hymns there, um, is, is asking the Lord to teach him his will. Let me find what that scripture is here. It's Psalms 143.10 Teach me to do thy will for thou art my God your spirit is good Lead me into the land of righteousness. Teach me to do your will. Interesting way of putting it. Because that implies that we don't operate by default by doing the will of God. If we have to learn how to do it. You know, I'm in a new position at, uh, in my career. I'm in a new role. I'm in a new company. And you could say, you know, to be successful, I need to do the will of my employer, right? I mean, that's why they hired me is to do what they would want me to do. That's kind of the, the job. If I'm refusing to learn what my managers are seeking for this role that I'm in, if I refuse to know... And if I try to just do what I think should, should be done, I wouldn't be doing the will of that employer. So I want to understand the role from their perspective. And that's the same with our Heavenly Father. I want to understand what the role is here. Is the role to be a good person who's morally upright, goes to church every Sunday, maybe even Wednesday if I'm really radical, Read this book called the Bible. Pray regularly. And don't cuss at my kids. I mean, is that what I'm supposed to do? That's like saying to my boss, Well, I'm going to do your will by coming in on time, 
and you know reading the the bylaws of the company so I know what you know I know where I stand with that and treat everybody really well all my coworkers and see what's on the docket for this week and make sure I do the docket for this week and you know I'm I'll be doing your will well yeah it might keep you employed but you won't have really what I would call success the company I work for I really like it's a young company it's got a lot of life and it has a lot of entrepreneurial spirit and is expected by the employees to be entrepreneurial meaning you're looking for things to optimize the processes you're looking and you don't wait for the boss to tell you where to look it's kind of a given that you're that we're to find these things and where possible where you've got the funds implement these things I love it because there's a lot of freedom there well in the family of God God's will isn't so that he can have a family of believers who are doing what I would call a, a bare minimum sustenance Christianity like I described but he wants entrepreneurial Christians where you're looking for opportunities to reach those who don't know Christ or looking for ways to encourage those who do know Christ but have fallen away or or have hit hit periods where they just really need to be encouraged actively looking for things like that where you're able to give out hello give out so God can fill you up the more so that you can give out the more it's that flow that goes through you that really empowers you. If you're just sitting in a life of static Christianity, because that life isn't flowing through you and going and reaching those who it really needs to reach through you, because you are an ambassador to this planet. Because that's not flowing, you're not getting the fuel that you need. You're not getting the oomph that encourages you interesting concept what I do for a living is in the automation uh, not to be confused with automotive but automation controls pumps and valves and piping and control systems and computers and all that stuff interesting concept here but we measure flow a lot of times and through a pipe just like what I'm talking about the spiritual flow that's going through you well it's hard to measure flow when nothing's flowing. I mean, it kind of makes sense. But some of the ways that we measure flow, it has there has to be some flow in order for it to actually determine if there's flow. When there's no flow, you know, the computer knows that there's no flow, but it's really hard to be accurate in, in, in how much flow there is when you're to nothing. I guess what I'm saying is, you need flow. <laughs> you just need to have some flow. I find it amazing that so many people look at Christianity and say, you know, it's just a story. It's just it's just some old book that somebody wrote or a bunch of people wrote and it was really all about control. You know, the church has control. And unfortunately, that may be the way things were at one point. But I believe God is for real. I believe his son Jesus was 
a real man and I believe that he did die a real death and rose from being dead I believe it was a miracle I believe you can't explain it with just mortal thinking it is a super it's a supernatural thing and I believe that God is not short on cash he doesn't need to create this church lowercase church to be his fundraising arm he doesn't need that mankind has twisted things I do understand there's money that you need for running a church and it's appropriate to pay a pastor so there is this money aspect but I wish and I'm sure there's some out there some churches that operate this way I wish that churches could take in their the tithe from the congregation and that money is identifiable and everybody in the congregation knows where it goes and it all goes out because God takes care of those who are ministering. It's important that we pay tithe because it's an obedience thing. But it would be so great to know that the church that I'm giving my tithe to gives it and tithes elsewhere and, uh, and, and uses all that money for kingdom purposes. And then the critics won't be able to say, well, it's just a money thing, this Christianity. Sometimes I hear so much about the church through secular media. It's not that I start believing their opinions, but I'm very well aware of how people view the church. And and really, it's, it's our enemy that fuels those thoughts, that it's just an organization. But see, I know my God's alive. I know that he lives in me. I know that it's not just an emotional trip I'm on. God lives in me. I'm not motivated by money to do this podcast. I'm motivated simply by, I feel, God gives things to me to share with you. That's it. And... it doesn't fail when when he lets me deliver a message to you I get fueled up because the flow is going listen I don't know where you are today I don't know if you're one who has bought what the press says about the family of God and the church and that it's not what I'm saying it is but it's simply just an organization trying to get control and money and all that business. Unfortunately, there are pockets that are like that. There's pockets in this world that that's what church is. That's not what my church is. My church isn't a church building. It's not a building. My church, the church I'm referring to, is God's family. You can't hold it in. There ain't nothing holding in the church of the living God. No words, no deeds, and no wall is holding in the church of the living God. 
If you want to be a part of that church, all you must do is say, Lord, help me to live your will. That's what David did. And we look to David as kind of like God's man. And even he had to ask for help. So today, let's ask for help. Lord God, help us to understand your will. Not the will that people have said is what the church's will is. But your true will. That which is in your heart. Lord, help us to see that today and teach us to live it today. Help us to know that we have authority over sickness and disease. We have authority over emotional disconnects within our lives and within the lives of our family. Lord, help us to see we have authority over sin and rebellion and how we can change because you've given us the power to change. No matter what it is we've been doing, you can help us change. And you flow through us, and then that means we enact change in other people. Lord, flow through us today. We know that you died and rose again, that it was a miracle, and that that was only possible because you were the Son of God. Lord, we accept that today. We want to live in new ways, in new hope, in new peace, and in new victory. Today is a brand new beginning. Today we look to you and we say, I may not know your will fully, Lord, but I want to live it. Help me to see what it is. Amen. You know what, friends? When you pray that prayer, God will show up. He will honor that prayer and he will show you what you need to know for today's step. And then tomorrow he'll show you what you need then. Believe it. Have faith. Stay in that word. Live in peace. Pray for those who persecute you. And I'm encouraged today to follow the will of God and to maybe even take steps of faith where I'm going to follow the will of God even more than I used to, whatever that means. I'm going to take little bits of steps of faith in areas where I'm reaching out to people that maybe I felt a little uncomfortable around. I believe God honors those steps and he will make them be fruitful and those steps will multiply and you will have an impact around you and around this world. Okay, I love you all and I will see you on the flip.